Aziz Bandega, from the get-go, really showed that he's going to change this team, whether he's touching the ball or not. Just the fear that he instills when he's in the center of the paint. I saw a couple turnovers because of it. Let's not bury the lead here. 45 seconds after checking in, Bandego sent one to the popcorn vendor in the eighth row. Popcorn vendor took one in the face from Aziz Bandego. That's what he does first. Next possession down the floor. And at this point, the Fifth Third Arena crowd, which has been sleepy all season, is starting to pepper up just a little bit. Octanes are going up. I don't know if they still have the uh, the Jordan meter. If they don't, they need to get it back. Uh, it was the Adidas and the Under Armour meter for a while there. But, you know, the, the one that, that creeped up and told you how loud it was, it hasn't had an opportunity to hit all the way up on the highest octane. But uh, after that play, it was starting to get there. And then 45 seconds later, throws down an alley-oop from Seamus Lukosius. Um, I don't want to get ahead of my skis here. Don't want to get ahead of my skis. But I'm getting ahead of my skis. Bearcats are legit, folks. Bearcats are really good. Uh, he had a baby hook, did Aziz Bandego with two defenders on him, had a little bit of touch, caused that turnover where the Georgia Tech player turned the corner off the screen and immediately saw that fiery hair there. Yup, that's the stop sign. Lost it. He looked really good. I will say this. I did have a little bit of a panic attack when he went into the second row. I uh, love the hustle there. I'm never going to complain about hustle. But uh, when a seven foot one guy, a legit seven one, goes flying into the second row into Cameron McCluskey's lap, um, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see that. That's the most fluid offense I've seen since, I would say, since the Huggins era. I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, Cronin had great teams, but aside from a couple of those years where it was Evans and Cumberland and and he, I guess you could throw Copain in there and Kyle Washington, Gary Clark. Those were some good offenses. But for the most part, when he had Kilpatrick and when he had Rashad Bishop and when he had uh, Yancey Gates, whatever, they were typically defense-first teams. And when they weren't defense-first teams, it was usually one guy that went off. Um, the Kilpatricks of the world or the Jaron Cumberland season where he averaged like 18 points. And if he didn't score 20, they weren't going to win games. This team's got multiple guys. I think it was, um, I mean, 11 guys scored in this game. Day-Day Thomas had nine. Victor Locken, 15. John Newman had 12. C.J. Frederick heated up late. He had 11. Odio Guama had six. Bandego had the eight. Daniel Skillings didn't score in the first half, had six overall. Lukosius had eight points. Jizzle James had eight points. Pick your poison, folks. Pick your poison. Aziz Bandega. You throw him in the middle of the lane, and it adds a rim protector that this team has not had since Gary Clark, that this program has not had since Gary Clark. I, I actually take that back. Trey Scott, he was after Gary Clark. But since Trey Scott, they haven't had that. And you add him into the fold, and now you add a lob threat. Lukosius tried it a couple times, and the second time maybe got a little too predictable with it. But regardless, it's there. It's a decoy. Lukosius throw up that little floater. He had a couple of them, and um, that's a weapon. Second half, everyone starts shooting the ball. It was one of the, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time that a UC team was having that much fun and making the faithful have that much fun. It was bucket after bucket. They were ice cold to finish the game. I think with like eight, nine minutes left, they had 80 points. They finished with 89. Played a lot of the walk-ons late, and um, CJ Anthony got some time, actually scored some points, but... 
Anyways, the great Bandago. The great Bandago. Add him to the mix. Cincinnati looks great. Topic number two, Wes Go. Dear Wes, I'm sorry for all the things that I've said. I'm sorry, Wes Miller. A couple of weeks ago, I said it was malpractice to go after Jameel Reynolds and Aziz Bandago and not have either and go into the Big 12 with neither of those guys. I would have to imagine with our fearless leader, Dave Yost, on our side, that Dave Yost is going to get the job done and at some point Jameel Reynolds is going to play basketball this year. And you add in those two bigs to what the team already was. Like, I thought since he already looked better than they had the last few years with how stagnant the offense was. And this team showed signs tonight of being elite defensively. But you add in Bandago, I really like what Wes Miller is doing with this year's team. No doubt about it. I don't just like it. I love it. I love it, folks. Um, was never worried about the culture. Never worried about Wes the person. He goes up there after games, says all the right things. His guys love him. The, the players that did transfer, the Mikey Saunders, the Mason Madsons, the Micah Adams-Woods, they all had good things to say about Wes. The, the culture, the, the movement, there was never a question there. But I did wanted to see some results. And um, I'm quality control. I, I'm not a paid staff member, but I consider myself a volunteer intern. Quality control. I tell it how it is. And I'm telling you right now that Wes Miller is doing a damn good job. And you know he's going to hold these guys accountable. They already look so much better than they did a few weeks ago, throwing in just one player into the mix. And you know he's going to hold them accountable. He was sweating during that halftime interview. He came out and he got an either-or question. He's like, well, I'm not going to pick and choose. I'm not going to rank them here, but uh, I need to go take a shower at halftime. I'm sweating my ass off. I got swamp ass. Complete team, though. They have everything. Shooting, rim protection, uh, defense, the, the the ability to at least be a great defensive team, which they showed in a lot of spurts tonight. Um, shot blocking, shades of being real good defensively. I love what I saw. And Wes Miller, I owe him an apology. He's done a fantastic job. Speaking of fantastic job, Victor, Victor Locken started off the game five for five from deep. I mean... Victor, where did you come from? I think Victor Locken may have hit one three all of last year without looking at any box scores because I have a life. I'm not going through all 30 box scores. I'm just going to proclaim this to be true. Victor Locken had one three last year. He hit five of them today. Looked unreal out there. And now he plays the four with Aziz at the five, and I get it. Aziz didn't play a ton tonight because they were just... They were just mixing them back into the rotation. I would imagine here, I'll pull this up, how many minutes Aziz got in this one. Um, they don't even show it on ESPN. That's too damn bad. That's too damn bad. I can't give you Aziz's minutes total, but I would imagine, again, just stating it. This is fact. He played 17 minutes. Played like 17 minutes. Um, maybe played half the game, 20. Regardless, looked really good in that time. But Victor Locken, you put him at the four now. And if he can hang out around the perimeter, in addition to grabbing rebounds, blocking some shots down low, scoring on the block when he needs to, and hitting elbow jumpers, holy cow, Cincinnati's got something. They got themselves a four. Throw Jameel in there. I don't know how Oguama stays in the mix, not because he's bad, just because Cincinnati's gotten that much better, no doubt. But Victor Locken, 15 points, also grabbed six rebounds. Locken looked really good. 
Day-Day Thomas showed abilities um, to put the ball on the deck and create his own shot in addition to knocking down a three. Jizzle James did the same thing. So now you have point guards that can create their own shots, which we have not seen a ton in recent years. Adams Woods wasn't creating his own shots for the most part. Uh, John Newman knocked down a three. Looked good again. Great defensively. Newman had 12 points. Then C.J. Frederick, he starts hitting threes in the second half after he and Dan Skillings combined for zero in the first half. Cincinnati scored 40 points in the first half with Skillings, who had 25 last game, going for zero, and C.J. Frederick, one of the team's best scorers, going for zero as well. Pick your poison. This team is good, folks. Good. All right. Defensive dominance, we already got into it. We're glossing over that one. Um, I think this team could be really good defensively. I don't know what Jameel brings to the fold, but if he is a plus defender, yeeks, yeeks. We'll see you at Centos Center, Xavier. Last topic. I got some beef with the bunker boy. Joe Lenardi. Brackets. I'm pointing you out, baby. You got Xavier as the last team in right now. I don't care about that. Cincinnati's not even in the mix. They're not the, the last four out. They're not the next four out. They're nothing. And you put that out after Aziz was eligible. You call yourself a bracket expert? You call yourself a bracket expert and you do that? Come on, Joey. What are you doing? Beef with the bunker boy. Joe Lenardi does not have Cincinnati in the mix right now. By next week, either he's not watching basketball or he's just looking at metrics and Ken Palm, and he's seeing that Cincinnati's out of the, the uh, they don't even do RPI anymore. We, we don't do quads anymore. We're switching every couple of years. I can't keep up with it. I got two dogs. I got to feed myself. I got a sales job. I, I, I got to do this and produce, and I got iPads over here. And I mean, Christ, give me a break. I'm doing my best and forgetting the rest. Hudson says, love the show, Chuck. Hudson? Oh, it's Houdini says, wish that bald guy was on the show. He's electric. You do bring energy from time to time. Next up for Cincinnati, the Howard Bison in Washington, D.C. This is actually their only road game, Cincinnati's only road game in all of 2023, or at least uh, this half of 2023, this season's installment of 2023. They don't hit the road after this one until BYU to open up Big 12 play on January 6th. And I guess they hit the road to Xavier and they play a neutral site game. I mean, leave Cincinnati. They don't have to pack their bags. They get to sleep in their own beds. They get to get themselves some Woody's pitchers after these games. If they're over 21, if they're over, and quite frankly, you shouldn't be having all that sugar. If any of the players are watching, don't get that sugar. Just get it on the rocks, baby. Get on the rocks. It's not going to hurt you. Be a little astute. You got some fifth-year seniors on this team. Be a little astute. So the Howard Bison up next, they're not good. Georgia Tech beat them. Georgia Tech, as Houdini says, dog shit. They stunk. They absolutely stunk. Cincinnati rocked them. Florida Gulf Coast is after that. Then it's at Xavier. Saturday, December 9th, big-time game. Let's go. Chatterbox Bearcats, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, if you like the show, here's how you could show thanks to me for staying in and doing this for how long we've been on the air. 16 minutes on a Wednesday that feels like a Friday. You could throw it five stars on the podcast app, subscribe to it on the podcast app, throw a like here, subscribe to Chatterbox Sports, subscribe to the Chatter Podcast. Just do it all. Thank you.
Bearcats 5-0 on the season. This is Chatterbox Bearcats. Have a great day.